Good morning. Good to see you. Uh, before Doyle comes, I want to introduce some special friends of mine. This is James and Kimmy and Alicia, and they live up in the colony, and we connected through a cousin in California, and so they're just now figuring out Texas, so they came down to visit with us today, and be sure and meet them whenever you, uh, before you leave. It's always good to have Doyle, <clears throat> not just for his talent, because that's obvious, as you'll see in a minute, but this guy really has a heart for the Lord. He really does love Jesus, and he tries to be an expression of the Father everywhere he goes. And so anytime we can work it out where he's down this way, we try to have him in. And uh, so be just silently praying as, he's, as he shares with us, and we're going to uh, take a love offering for him. Our offering plate's in the back back there, so if you want to give specifically to him, just write it out to Grace Covenant and down at the bottom put for Doyle. And stick it in the offering plate back there whenever he leaves. We can't pay him what he's worth in the kingdom. But we can bless him as best as the Lord puts it on our heart to do that. Okay? So, Doyle, if you want to come, brother. Good morning. Good to be at Grace Covenant today. A beautiful day, isn't it? Praise God. Hope you like guitar playing. About all I do.
Tennessee style. Praise the Lord. Don't you love those songs? Always will. Praise the Lord. God's still in control. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is king of kings. We don't have a king. We have a president, but he's president of presidents. Amen. That's who we serve. That's who we serve. Not long ago, uh, you know, just pray, obey every day. Just pray for direction and protection. That's what I do all the time. And uh, I was out in my backyard not long ago. I like to take a walk out there. I got a new pandemic pup. And uh, <laughs> I walk her a lot and because uh, she has a go a lot. But I was going back to the backyard, and God spoke to me. said, reach out to Ricky Skaggs. Tell him you love him. I said, well, you know, I'm not just trying to drop a name, and I'm just telling you what happened. And uh, I said, well, Lord, he knows I love him. He's my friend. And I said, well, tell him anyway. So I did. And I said, you know what a blessing you are to me. And I just wrote him a text. And he contacted me right back and said some nice things. Then he said, what are you doing in September or something? And I said, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and uh, he invited me to go play w- with him. And uh, it was called Pure River at the Ryman. It was an all-worship uh, time that we had at the old Ryman Auditorium, which was a church in 1891. And when it was dedicated, what would they have done in 1891 i thought to myself and i looked it up on my phone everybody knows you can trust wikipedia anyway and i thought what would they have sung on that uh, uh that first year the rhyming was ever and so i started off my little set like eighteen ninety one. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. We're to the prize before us, 
Soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open. We shall tread on streets of gold when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. When we all see Jesus. Hallelujah. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Amen. Until then, we do a lot of praying, don't we? I was playing at the, uh, Bill Driscoll asked me if I'd play at the Believers Convention with him. So I'd already left, and my daughter, to make a long story short, uh, she had thyroid cancer, and uh, she wasn't able to be operated on until after her baby, Emmylou, was born. She has two kids, Emmett and Emmylou, and uh, they are amazing. I saw them on my way here yesterday. And uh, so uh, after Emmy Lou was born, she had her thyroid removed, and it was uh, cancerous and that whole thing. If you go to online and, and look up Doyle Dykes and Haley Dykes in the bleak midwinter, you'll see her singing. And when she looks up, 
you can see this big nodule, brother, singers don't need a nodule next to your vocal cords. She had a lime-sized nodule, which is very dangerous, because her life has been singing and writing worship songs. And uh, it was a, a real testy time in our lives. The operation went great, and we were thankful that they did not damage her vocal cords. It was pretty much a miracle. And uh, so my wife, uh, we got permission from the doctor to take her home and to watch the baby and watch her for a few days. I was on my way out of town. Everything was okay, it seemed. Come back quick. We're at the hospital. And she was like, the, she was hard as a stone. And she says, Daddy, pl- y'all please take care of my children. She thought she was going to die. Her, her arm, she had a hypocalcemia attack. And uh, it was just unexpected. They, they took her uh, by ambulance. I would say they flew there. They did pretty much. But uh, back to Nashville, she was in ICU for four days. During that time, boy, I tell you, it was one of those times. And I didn't go. I told Phil, I said, something's come up. I can't make it for all the rehearsals and all the things we were going to do. And when I finally was on my way and they said they released me, said she's going to be fine. And uh, I ended up driving out to Texas. And this was in my head. I wasn't trying to write a song. Uh, I think the Spanish language is one of the most beautiful languages in the world. And so I, I uh, named it Puertas de Luz.
I've never been to heaven I've never seen an angel I've never seen the gates of pearl Or walked down those golden streets I've never seen those mansions God made for me in heaven I've never seen the face of the man Who died for you and me God gave the promise of eternal life in heaven He gave us hope that there is a better way Over death when he died at Calvary And there's joy in knowing That he lives in my life today Someday I'll live in heaven I'll see 10,000 angels Someday I'll see the case of pearl I'm sorry I'll stroll down those golden streets Someday I'll live in that mansion God made for me in heaven Someday I'll see the face of the man Who died for you and me That'll be worth it all, amen Cause God gave the promise Of eternal life in heaven And He gave because he is the only way he gave us victory over death when he died at Calvary and there's so much joy in knowing that he lives in my life today there's joy in knowing that he lives in my life today. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> my brother does it. He, he leads worship down in Florida. He said, I... So every once in a while I said, I'll sing your song, God Gave the Promise. I haven't sung it in years. That's one of the first songs I ever wrote 45 years ago. As I was standing here, I was just thinking, 2021. In 1976, God called me into ministry. And that was one of that, probably the first song I wrote in 1976, a long time ago. It's real simple. And uh, I had a good friend that went to be with the Lord this week, and I was just thinking about him. Hallelujah. I heard a little lady say one time, and down in one of the southern states, and they had testimony night. Kind of like what y'all do. And she got up, she says, I just want to say, I just can't wait to get to heaven. And when I get there, I'm going to be in my big mansion, and I'll, and I'll sit there on the front porch, and there come Jesus walking down that golden street. And I say, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, would you just come in and have a cup of tea with me? He'll come in, and we'll have a cup of tea. And she says, Let's go out to the backyard, and then we'll sit there and dangle our feet in the crystal stream. I'm thinking, what a 
nice little vision, you know, of, of heaven until I look in Revelation 4. <laughs> he has feet as, as of fine brass, and his voice is as many waters, you know, and the eyes like flames of fire. Amen. If I do anything, did I do something? Thank you, Jesus. I'm thinking you're going to have tea with that. I don't know exactly why I brought it, but I did. Maybe it's to do this song, the song I wrote because I have a lot of guitars. This was a joke to my wife. Well, it all started back in 65. That's when I first realized I wanted to do something for my Lord. Just like my daddy and my Uncle Smitty, I love guitars. They sounded so pretty, and I knew that's just what I was looking for. My first guitar was a silver tone. Wore my fingers to the bone. It played so hard, my fingers got so sore, Pastor. And I knew the guitar was for me. It was bound to be my destiny. Ever since that time, I've been guitar poor. I'm guitar poor. Guitar poor. Oh, Lord, won't you help me? I'm guitar poor. Guitar poor. Guitar poor. Lord, have mercy on a guitar poor. I got flat top, soft top, steel string, gut string, solid body, hollow body, six string, 12 string, acoustic, electric, and resonators, and more. Yeah, cutaways, sound cutaways, over cutaways, flame tops, gold tops, jumbos, dreadnoughts, double loss, triple loss. Man, I'm guitar poor. Guitar poor. Guitar poor. Oh, Lord, won't you help me? I'm guitar poor. Guitar poor. Guitar poor. Lord, have mercy on the guitar poor. My wife knows me pretty well, I guess. I was mopping the floors and making the beds, and she knew I was up to something for sure. I ran outside of my pickup truck. When you know it's just my luck, she says, Doyle Donks, I know you're headed to a music store. There's just one thing I should have grabbed first, that checkbook that was in her purse. She stood there waving it at the door. I said, come on, honey, now, baby, please just give me the checkbook so I can leave. She says, Doyle, how many guitars do you need? And I said, just one more. Guitar poor. Guitar poor. Oh, Lord, won't you help me? I'm guitar poor. Guitar poor. Guitar poor. Lord, have mercy on the guitar poor. Chet Atkins, come on, Chet. Guitar poor, guitar poor. Oh Lord, want to help me? I'm guitar poor, guitar poor, guitar poor. Lord, have mercy on the guitar poor. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Lord, I've been doing this a long time. But you know what? I, I still love music. I, I still love playing the guitar. But there have been times that we all go through times where we need to be encouraged. Right? 
And uh, the Bible says don't lose confidence or don't cast away your confidence. It'll bring you a great reward. And sometimes we have to build up our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I do that. Sometimes we encourage ourselves, like David did in the Bible with his men. And when they were in a place called overwhelming despair, ziklag, and they encourage themselves in the Lord. And then sometimes God sends people your way to encourage you. I like that part. And he did that. I mentioned Chet. I can play it, Chet, on this song. Chet was a mentor. I, listen, I used to run home every day from school, listen to him play. My buddies were listening to Cream and, you know, with Clapton and Hendrix and all that. And I was, I was listening to Chet Atkins and Merle Travis. And uh, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. I still stay in touch with Jeff Carlisi, 38 Special. I knew Ronnie Van Zandt. I got to know him later on. First thing they said, play some of that Travis stuff. And uh, so everybody kind of has their thing they get into. And I think it was directed of the Lord. But one day I, I was just thinking maybe I should just quit. And I got a phone call. Kind of like with Ricky. When do you want me to be, Chet? Well, I want you to come by the office. I said, well, actually, I can be there in a couple of weeks. He's walking down the stairs with this old brown case. I didn't bring the case with me, but he says, you know, I admire what you do for the Lord. I didn't know he had a clue what I did. He said, I know you play in churches all over America. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I have something I think it'll be a blessing to you. And he gave me one of his personal guitars. This was Chet's. He designed it and he played it for a while and then he gave it to me. I've had it for a long time. He signed it here. It says 1991. After he gave me this, God began to open doors for me. It's amazing sometimes what a gift can do to someone. Amen. Um, everybody during this time, uh, and I don't know what kind of time limit I have, but I'm trying to be careful not to go too long because I know y'all get hungry like we do in Tennessee, don't you? Because y'all got a lot of restaurants around here and good ones at that. But uh, I, I remember everybody would say on the news, even uh, news commentary people, and, and then you'd go to a commercial, and you'd hear the same thing in these uncertain times that we live in. That's all we heard in 2020, uncertain times, uncertainty. I'm thinking, well, if you're in Christ, he is our certainty, we don't have to live in an uncertain world. This is very certain. God knows exactly what's going on. You believe that? I know you've preached that. You've said it. Praise the Lord. So many songwriters wrote a song during the pandemic. Except mine doesn't have words. called La Certeza, The Certainty.
Yesterday I stopped at my daughter's house, and uh, it's kind of funny since it snowed last week, and Pastor and I talked, well, maybe we ought to, because all the way down 20 and 59, the way I was coming in was going to be snow, not just here, but it was worse there, and uh, so I ended up going to Florida. <laughs> my daughter says she wanted to fly up, and uh, so uh, Sunday night I said, well, I didn't go to Texas, so I'll just rent a car in the morning and go get you, and I said, the kids hadn't had their Christmas because... Uh, my, nobody could see each other. My son-in-law caught COVID, and so we didn't see him. And so it was just one of those things. And so uh, I ended up going down there, and then I thought, well, I'll just take her to Nashville on my way here. And I I called a friend of mine that had this guitar, and I traded him three guitars to get that back, nice ones. I wanted that guitar back. And I think when I got to Hawkins, I had... 12 guitars in the car. My wife said, what in the world are you doing? I said, guitar poor, you know. But I said, I don't know. God has just spoken to my heart to get ready for something new. And I said, I'm getting rid of all these guitars. that I, Some of these I haven't played in probably two or three years because I don't ever use them. I'm getting rid of them. I don't get something I'll use. And so I just dumped them off there last night on my way to the hotel. Late last night I got to uh, Hawkins, Texas. And where this friend of mine owns a store, he said, what in the world are you doing all these? And we just toting guitars in for 30 minutes, you know. And uh, I was at my daughter's house, and I said, Lord, give me a word. Give me a word. I was just praying, just kind of under my breath. Lord, give me a word for those folks tomorrow in, in Red Oak. And it's, it's weird how it happened, but I thought of this news commentary lady on, on the a morning show. And she was sitting there, and she says, well, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and she opened the book that was in her lap and started reading on national television the Bible. And I said, she knew exactly what she, I don't know why I even thought of that. And the, the word said, equipped. That was the word God gave me, equipped. And I said, Lord, you want us to be equipped. And he says, yes, I want you to get equipped for something new. And it's been on my mind. I thought, that's what all this is about. Get rid of some of the old things and start gearing up for something different. Being equipped, equipment ain't being equipped. Let me tell you something, because I can have all, those, all the guitars I want up here with the best sound system, and this is a great sound system, all this stuff. But if I wasn't equipped in here, if you weren't equipped to get up here and sing, I don't care what kind of equipment you have, it's going to sound like a bunch of loud mess. And you're probably not going to stay and hang around, you know, Grace Covenant Church that long. You know what I'm saying? I know, how many people have you ever met that had, I've gone to, I went to this guy's house the other day and he had all these he made banjo straps, so I needed a banjo strap. And I haven't played my banjo in two or three years, and I started playing. I thought it was terrible. He said, can I take a picture of you doing it? Can I take a video? I said, that's terrible. He said, that don't sound terrible to me. And I said, well, I thought you were a banjo player. Well, I got a lot of banjos. And I said, what kind of banjos do you have? And he started telling me, and I'm thinking, some of those are $200,000 banjos. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? He said, yeah, and I got a flathead 1935 Gibson, I got, and I got a white lady, and I got all that. I said, and you, he said, I said, you don't play banjo, but I'd like to take some lessons from you. He, was, he had the equipment, 
but he wasn't equipped. Amen. I'd rather have a cheap banjo or a cheap guitar and get myself equipped and begin to learn and spend that. That's what you got to do. You got to hone that gift out that God's given you. And if you do that, the equipment will come. You work on the equip part. That's something on the inside of it. And so I looked and brought my glasses up here. Can I share something real? Uh oh. Turn Chet down here for me. Sorry, Chet. You know, this is in a, uh, sorry, in Ephesians. I was thinking of Ecclesiastes because of her. But in, a, in Ephesians chapter 4, and his gifts were varied. This is a guitar player's version of the Bible. You remember that? What is it, Pastor? The Amplified, right? <laughs> okay. And uh, that's a good text. <laughs> Thank you for, (laughs) that's good Texas courtesy right there. And his gifts were varied. He himself, he's talking about the Lord. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, special, special messengers, some prophets inspired preachers and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries. That's what I am. I got the little minivan out there to prove it. Some pastors, shepherds of his flock and teachers, and his intention, his, God's intention, was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints. What for? For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for building up. I know people right now, boy, they're getting equipped. They're buying everything round you can find you can't even find nine millimeter or 38 or three i get it everybody's got one but that's i'm telling you if you you concentrate on that kind of being equipped you're going to get yourself in trouble amen god wants us to be equipped in our hearts to the building up and edifying of those especially in the body of christ who are you are you a soldier of christ amen Sometimes we have to stop. I cried like a girl the other night at a movie. My son put it on. He said, one of my coworkers is a big old guy. Where he said, you ought to listen to that, that uh, or watch that movie, Overcomer. I sat there and I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just embarrassed myself in front of my son. And then after I did it, I thought, that wasn't so bad. Amen. But the word in that movie is, who are you? Do you know who you are and why you're here because if you don't you don't know christ he has called you we're on his team jesus said you have this is in the book of uh, uh john chapter 15 you have at thir- verse 13 you have not chosen me i have chosen you and i have ordained you ordained you i have ordained you that you should go not just sit in your house, that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And then he said this, in other words, you're on my team. You didn't choose me, I chose you. Amen. And then he said, and whatever you need to carry out that calling that I place in your life, whatever you need, ask the Father and he'll give it to you. What is it? You need a new set of drums or a guitar or an amplifier? You need a new set of study books? You need a new computer? What is it that you need? You need a new car? Whatever it is that you can carry out the gospel of Jesus Christ, He will give it to you. You're on His team. He'll, he'll provide the equipment, but you got to get equipped. I think I'm doing all right. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I looked up, I looked up. Now where to put my glass there? hard to do when you're driving don't tell anybody don't tell my wife but i just but equipped definition to furnish for service or action by appropriate provisioning to make ready and to prepare god wants us to make ready he's going to do something new in your life quit looking at all the bad stuff that's only opportunities for good stuff do you believe that I believe it. Equip means to make competent as by training, skill, or ability for a particular office or function. To make competent. 
you know, there, I looked this word. I thought, what are the three main things in leadership in the, the army? I don't know why I did that, but I did. And you know what it said? You're not, look at this. I can't make this up. I'm not that smart. I think that was a Holy Ghost. The three main things, uh, the, the, it, it, they call it the three C's of leadership in the U.S. Army. Competence, commitment, and character. And it's not necessarily a science or an art. It's all of that. And it's not something you get overnight. It's something you hone and work for the rest of your lives to achieve. That's what it says. Competence, competence, commitment, and character. Can I give you one more? Acts 1 and 8 shall receive power. It's the last thing Jesus said before he was caught up in the clouds. But you shall receive power. And it says in the Amplified, you shall receive ability. You shall receive power so that you may be a what? A witness unto me. You shall receive power. I want to read this exactly like it's the Amplified. But you shall receive power. And the word ability, he said, you shall receive power. And then it breaks it down. Ability, efficiency, and might. To be a witness unto me in Jerusalem, Samaria, to the very bounds of the earth. But he says, you shall receive power. And look at it in the the Amplified Bible. Ability, efficiency, and might. And then I broke that down. I got the Webster's Dictionary. And, And it says here, you shall receive power. Power means skill, talent, and expertise. You shall receive skill, talent, and expertise to be a songwriter. Amen. To be a writer, to be a preacher, to be a guitar player, to be a professor, amen, one that stands for the principles of Christ. You shall receive power, skill, talent, and expertise to be a salesman, to be whatever God has called you to be, but it's to be able to be a witness all over the world. You shall receive skill, talent, and expertise. That's ability. Efficiency means to do the most with what you have. When they, you know, when they gave uh, David Saul's armor to fight Goliath, he tried to lift it up, tried to, I can't do this. You know, if they put a kid out in the, in the service, they got to train you first. They put you out there with a bazooka or some kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, a, a, an assault rifle or put you in a tank. You're going to get out there and what button do I push? What do I do now? No, you got to have the training for it, right? And so uh, that's the same thing with David. He says, no, I don't think I know how to use those, but I know I'm competent in this. And he took out a slingshot. He picked up five smooth stones. And he ran toward the giant because he knew he was competent. He had confidence. And the Holy Ghost took over. When you have that kind of confidence, you're not by yourself. Do you think he sunk that thing in his head because he was so strong? He was a little old guy. No, the power of the Holy Ghost sunk that stone right in his head. And then he took the sword that he wasn't so familiar that he could barely hold up and went whacked his head off with his own sword. Well, that's kind of gross, but that's what he did. Amen. He was equipped, but he didn't use their equipment. But I believe God wants us to be equipped. Last year, I got, I got my calendar. And last year, I was in Texas at a little church in McKinney. And I remember doing it, Pastor. I heralded at the beginning of the year. God is going to give us a 2020 vision in 2020. I mean, it was only days later that no one in the world, world leaders, didn't know which way to go. But I wrote it down. You see, this is my Habakkuk 2 month. And I want, you know, because you all have been getting up here and sharing things out of your heart. Let me share this with you. Write it down. I still have notes that I got here when y'all ministered to me. That was a blessing to me. You know why? Because you wrote it down, and I took it with me. Write the vision. Make it plain upon the tablets, that he may run who reads it, for the vision 
is yet for an appointed time. And though it tarries, wait for it. It will come. It, th- though it tarries, wait, for it will not be late. Right division. So I, I have my Habakkuk 2 list from last year. Am I taking too long? Is it all right, really? My Habakkuk 2, I'm just going to read a few of them. A greater anointing in my life in music. A hearing miracle I've been believing. Different things that I didn't check off, but I'm still believing. Well, the, the greater power and anointing. Praise the Lord. I still, I'm believing. And a greater ex- exposure on television and media, electronic media and magazines. I mean, everything, that's just all we had. Suddenly, I didn't know everything I had was canceled. And then I thought, well, I'll make videos for YouTube. Instead of going to one church on Easter Sunday that had 15,000 people, because I played there several times on Easter through the years. I've been going there probably 20 years. And it got canceled. We had over 80,000 views on what I did with my little camera in my room. And I went down to a little chapel down the street. Over 80,000. They said that's two plus views per, uh, uh, two plus people per view. So that's over almost 175, 80,000 people right there on Easter. Then I did a live stream that night. We had 125 that watched it right then. And uh, that's over, how many is that? That's over, well over 300,000. It was over a quarter of a million people. Amen. So he began to do, there's one here. It says, uh, more time at home. I had no idea what I was saying. More time at home. And I'm, I'm going to just stop right there. <laughs> I'm just going to stop with it right there. But I'm working on my new one. I'm going to work on it this afternoon. I'm still working on it. I haven't finished it yet. And it's in my 2021 calendar, which is in the car. But on this 2020, I wanted to share this with you. I learned a new word last year that I don't even know how to spell it, but I learned it. Let me tell you what it is. That's it. How do you spell that? So what happened is I went upstairs and I was looking at my calendar. And brother, let me tell you, guitar festivals from Seattle all the way through uh, all over the United States, Colorado, experiences that I knew were going to be wonderful. I was so excited about all this stuff. I was going to Casey Treats Church while I was out there doing a guitar festival. And we were reaching thousands of people. It all went away. I took my cup of coffee upstairs where the computer was. I usually don't go up there. I just use my phone to stay downstairs. But I, I, our bedroom's off of that room where the computer is. And so I walked out to the bedroom, and I'm looking out our, our bedroom window. And there's a wall, if you kind of look down, because it's two-story you look down, there's this retainer wall. And I said, Lord, what am I going to do? And I just had my cup of coffee there. I said, I know you said you'd take care of us. I'm trusting you. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. All of a sudden, here comes this little bird. It was a little sparrow. And I'm thinking what Jesus said. What's the value of a sparrow? He said, aren't five of them worth like two pennies? Yet, your heavenly Father takes care of every one of them. He said, don't you know he takes care of you? He knows the number of hair on your head. He said, don't you know that you're worth more than many sparrows? And I'm looking at this little bird. And suddenly he just kind of reached out and pecked on something. I'm thinking, what's he pecking on? And it just kind of wiggled. I thought, what is that? And it was this long worm as long as he was. And he pecked on it again, and so help me. I don't know how you do it, brother. I don't know how he did this. Threw that worm up in the air, opened his beak, and that whole thing slid completely down his throat. He just kind of looked this way, and he kind of looked that way, and then this is what he did. And I'm standing there with my mouth open looking at him and I got tears rolling down my face. I said, God, you're speaking to my heart. He says, I am. Don't you know I'm going to take care of you if I can take care of that little bird? What are you worried about? And it's something else he's spoken to my heart and just as joyfully 
as that little sparrow received that worm. I want you to receive blessings that I'm going to pour into your life this year. A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. I'm still going to bless you even in the midst of a pandemic. Boy, I was blessed. A week or so went by, a couple of weeks. and Man, I just thank you, Lord, is Jesus miraculously taking, taking care of us? You know, somebody asked me, he said, Doyle, are your fingers insured? I said, no, but they're on Medicare now. And somehow my wife talked me into getting our check. And the next thing you know, I thought, whoa, I got a check. I didn't know that. That's cool. I've been paying all these years. Why not? And so... uh I got a social, my first social security check. God takes care of us. Then this man calls me in, and I've known him for years. He's even traveled with me some. Just a good man. He said, Doyle, I've known you for a long time. He said, uh, I didn't come over here just to ask you to, just to jaw with you. I, he said, you probably just thought I was lonely over here in the office. And he's completely retired. He's 88 this year. And he says, uh, you know, my wife from a wealthy family, and my kids got more money than I have, and said, but I got a little. He said, I want to give you a blessing. And I, I said, no, I don't, I don't want to take a blessing. From you. You're, you are a blessing. He said, no, I'm going to bless you. And he stuck down the check that took, it, took the whole summer paid for everything for like three months. I cried for a minute, and I got out to my car, and I looked at it again. I can't wait to show this to my wife. And I looked at it, and I just went, and I went home. Don't you know God's going to continue to take care of you? He's going to bless you. Amen? He didn't do that because he felt sorry for you. He said, I did it because God told me to do it. You going to argue with that? Well, it's hard to argue with that. Thank you, Jesus. God... You know the number of hair on our head. You know what's in our checkbooks. You know what's in our cupboards. You know what's in our gas tanks. Lord, you know the things that we have seen and the problems and that we have faced in this past year and we come to a new year, but we don't put our faith in 2021. We put our faith and our trust and our love and our affection and our drive and our passion in you. Lord, I thank you that we stand in line, Lord, to pray for you, to pray, Lord, to you, and to believe you to help us. The rest of the world may stand in line just for a vaccine because that's the only hope they have. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, Lord, I just thank you that we have a greater hope. And we are going to equip ourselves to edify and to build up the body of Christ this year greater than ever before. We thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, there are people that want to do something. Maybe they want to do something on the Internet. Maybe they want to do something and and get a greater presence of Start a podcast or, or get a YouTube channel or do something different. So, Lord, I thank you for giving them the provision. You have not chosen me. I've chosen you. I've ordained you that you should go bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain in whatever you need in order to carry that out. Just ask the Father and he will give it to you. So I'm just kind of under your breath, what is it you've been praying for? I want you to say it. Father, give me, do it right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you, Lord, for giving us what we need. Not, uh, Lord, not only in, in uh, equipment, uh, Lord, to equip us, but also in opportunities. Give us favor. Lord, we thank you for it. Supernatural favor. Not favor that's political. Not you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Not you owe me this because I did this. That's the way the world is. Lord, because you give us divine, holy favor that people do and will, doors will open just because they feel prompted by the Holy Spirit. They may not even know why, but I thank you for it, Lord, and we receive it. We receive blessings in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, and then I want you to say one more thing. I want you to say this with me. <laughs> it works still. Thank you, brother. What a blessing. It's good to have Doyle with us. Why don't we just take a minute and pray for him? All right, can we do that, brother? Father, I just thank you for Doyle.
I thank you for his friendship that you've started, for the relationship that you're building. I thank you that you put him on my heart and me on his heart and this body on his heart and him on the heart of everyone here to pray for him as you give us unction to do so. Give us understanding to know exactly where he is, what he's doing, what he needs, how to provide for him, how to be available to him to receive your blessings in his life. We thank you for his diligence. We thank you for his faithfulness. I pray for his family, that you would protect him, care for him, that you would be very close to him while he's gone, that he would, they would just, you would just embrace them in your love, hold them dear, hold them close, give him safety, protect him as he travels, just go before him and prepare the way. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do with him this year. Open up brand new things, things he can't even conceive of right now. Put him in places he never thought he would be. Put him in relationships that he never thought he would have. Go before him and make the way that you'll be honored in his life. And I know you have placed in his heart the willingness to obey at every turn that you give him. And encourage that and strengthen that. And we bless you for him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Offering plate is back here. If you want to give to that, if you want to put your offering in there, make a note to Doyle Dykes. I have a word for Doyle. All right. Um, right before we started praying, I saw the Lord standing in an auditorium where you were performing. And his eyes were closed, and he was just breathing in as you were playing. And it began to be like a smoke. That he was breathing in. And you know like when you want to smell something really good and you'll kind of do this. And the Lord was doing that with his eyes closed as you were playing. Just taking in that aroma. And then he opened his eyes and looked out across the crowd and began to blow out what he had breathed in. And there was healing and brokenness and deliverance without you ever speaking the name of Jesus. Just being obedient in what he called you to do. Lives were revolutionized as he breathed you in. And then breathe you out. Man, we'll take that. <laughs> All right. Anybody have any announcements or anything before we go? Yes, I'm, I'm going to do that. We've got CDs and stuff back here for that are Doyle's. Be sure and look at them. Pick some up. Buy six or, six or eight of them. And uh, hand them out to friends that like guitar. All right? You're dismissed. Good to see you.